You are listening to the VBAC Link podcast, and we are so excited. We have been chit-chatting with Allie today, and she has a really amazing birth story to tell. We cannot wait for you to hear it, and I'm sitting here <laughs> in my dentist's parking lot. I literally just got done getting a feeling. I had to rush out here so that I can get on the call to listen to Allie's story today. And so before we do that, Megan's going to go ahead and give us a review of the week. Yes, I am. And oh my gosh, you guys are in for a treat. Allie is so fun. We've just been talking to her for like five minutes and I'm just already giddy to hear her story. She's got such a fun life personality to her. It's going to be awesome. Um, This review is from Giovanna F1, and in parentheses, it says Germany. So I'm wondering if she's either in Germany or her name is Germany. Um, And her title is, I know, right? Her title is Love It. This is from Apple Podcasts. It says, thank you so much for spreading such an important message, ladies. I am currently pregnant with my third child, and your podcast has given me so much hope and resources to know that VBAC after 2C-section is possible. I find women's stories so inspiring. Thank you. And we want to thank you for leaving that awesome review and thank all of you who are listening and support us along this journey. This podcast has been absolutely so much fun and we're so excited to be able to continue offering all these stories and continue to get submissions. We get submissions all the time and it's always just so awesome to read them, even if they're not all shared. We read every single one and they're all incredible. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you haven't already, please drop us a review. It means the world to us and we will read it on a podcast one day. Do you know what's so funny is my mom, like, I don't even think she knows what a podcast is still. Like, I just don't think it's so funny because sometimes like when we're chatting, I'll say, you know, mom, look, look, look at these reviews. See, like, I'm actually helping people with what I do. Like I'm really making a difference. And she looks at me and she smiles and she's like, I know you are. And I'm like, no, but really mom, look at all my reviews. (laughs) This is so fun. So we really do love them. And thanks guys for helping my mom know that I'm actually helping people. <laughs> you are tuned in to the VBAC Link podcast with Julie Frankham and Megan Heaton. VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan. Okay, so we're going to jump into this episode because like I said, you guys are in for a treat. You're going to notice right off the bat. Allie is just such a fun person to listen to. She has had a VBAC, and we just need to give her a little introduction, if you would not mind, Allie. First of all, can I just tell you, maybe you've heard this before. (laughs) This is not VBAC related. This is in regards to your Instagram page. I don't know why, but every, so it's Allie Levine, and I always like read it Avril Levine. (laughs) (laughs) 
every single time, like when we first, when you started contacting us, I'm like, Avril Lavigne is contacting us? Like, she was a skater boy. She <laughs> says, see you later, boy. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. So it's not Avril Lavigne. It's Allie Lavigne. <laughs> and is it Lavigne or Levine? No, it's Levine. And it's, it so, is Levine. it's so funny because I've had this like said to me several times and people will be like, so do you know her? And I'm like, I guess she's like a distant cousin. Same with Adam. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's so funny. And I've actually styled Adam back in the day when I was styling like, you know, different really? celebrities. So it's just so funny when people say that to me because I crack up. So yes, no, I'm I'm not Avril Lavigne, but I bring the same kind of flavor I think as she does. <laughs> you are so awesome. Yeah, it's just so funny. It's just how it reads. Like, it just automatically goes to Avril Lavigne in my mind. But you're Love so it. awesome. We think you're awesome. And um, yeah, as you were saying, you know, you're a celebrity stylist, which how cool is that? A motherhood, fashion, lifestyle expert and TV personality. I mean, you're going to hear it coming out right here. You're going to see it on her Instagram page. If you haven't, go right now. It's Allie Levine. Allie Levine. Allie Levine Design. <laughs> so it's A-L-I-L-E-V-I-N-E Design. Go check her out. It's super fun. I think you actually have like a couple, like everything with Allie Levine, right? Like you have a couple pages. Yeah. Um, and that's your podcast. Allie Levine is my podcast. Yes. yes. Allie Levine. So go listen to her. She, oh, it's just so fun. So Okay, so it says, I'm just going to read your bio. Is that okay? Whatever you want. <laughs> Whatever I want. All right. So it says, Alice Levine believes that no matter where you roam, from the laundry room to the red carpet, authentic. oh my gosh, I can't even say the word now. <laughs> Authenticity is your superpower and confidence in your best accessory. I love that. Like, we need to make... The week your podcast goes on, we need to make a little word blurb and put that and put your name. Um, it's amazing. I can make a shirt. I'll make <laughs> a shirt. Do it. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so she, the New York head hotshot turned Hollywood style maven, delivers a real raw look at her own motherhood journey amid the treasures she uncovered in the universal search for authenticity, spiritual wholeness, and happiness. Seriously, so excited to have you. I know that you have two beautiful daughters and we're excited to hear about both of their births. So before I take up all the time just ranting and raving about how awesome you are, let's let everyone hear about how awesome you are from you and your awesome story. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I was telling you before we started recording, truly, I am so honored to be here tonight. I listen to you guys like literally every day still now. I was listening my entire pregnancy. My doula, Stacy, has, you know, given your podcast to so many different clients when she's like, hey, this client's struggling. You know, what should I have them listen to? And I'm like, have them listen to the VBAC link. Like, you guys have been such a godsend, truly, like, especially during the pandemic and everything and everything that was going on with my birth and plans changing every day. Like, the only solid piece I had was you guys. And I literally had you in my ears as much as humanly possible to keep putting the intention that I was going to get my V back. And I did with my second daughter and it was so freaking magical and healing. It makes cry still. Well, I love it because one of the things that I feel sometimes weird about, even though it's my own podcast is I still go back and listen to all the stories. 
I'm not having babies anymore. I'm not preparing for a VBAC. But all of these stories, they're just so inspiring. And honestly, they help me because I can send these to my clients. Like so many of these are powerful and educational for my own clients. So I'm excited to hear that both you and your doula, you're still with us. You're still hanging out with us, even though you've rocked your VBAC. And um, yeah, we're just so excited that you're with us. Well, thank you. I, you know, I, I agree with you completely. And if there's anything I've learned, you know, from my social media and my own podcast, it's like that beautiful authenticity, that sharing of that real and rawness and being able to be vulnerable and share all of that. Not only is it so healing and beautiful for the individual, but it's mm -hmm. so empowering for the other women listening and for the moms that are, you know, going through it. It's like, we're all there for each other. And we're, you know, and, and in this sense, you know, we're all really, you know, going for our VBAC. And when you get to hear these other stories, like during my pregnancy, I remember like finding you guys like randomly when I was searching for VBAC support and I was listening and I just started falling in love with the stories. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could picture myself in that position. Oh my gosh. Like, uh feel like I could do it. And it was just such an empowering feeling. So kudos to you guys truly for this show. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's, it's been so rewarding. It truly has. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Like it's, it's fun to come full circle. Like where we have people that we're listening to the podcast and they're on the podcast. And then I just feel like it's really cool when you were listening to the stories and you were getting inspired by these stories. And then you get to share your story now and inspire other people. And then we have this like domino effect um, where people are listening to the podcast and then sharing their stories and then others are listening to their stories and then sharing their stories. And it's just this really cool community and, and platform that we've built. And it just makes me really happy. No, I love it. And you can hear that with you guys. Like truly every time you listen, you hear, you know, that happiness and how much you guys celebrate everyone who's on and, you know, their stories. And it's like, you know, something I've learned, you know, with my second daughter is like birth is truly beautiful. You know, it's something that I honestly, you know, with my first, especially after having quite a traumatic C-section, like I really was in a fear-based place. And I'm so grateful that I switched from that fear to that love and that transformation and all that because, it really is. It's like as intense as it can be, the more you can be intentional, the more you can empower yourself, no matter what the circumstance, like it is transformational and it is just life changing in so many ways. And not just in, of course, the fact that you give birth, but in my opinion, like you're reborn and there's like this spiritual awakening, at least for myself. And, you know, it's been just so magical for me to get to really, really like dive into it. And so I'm excited to share with you guys. Ah, well, we're excited to hear it. So, all right. So going back to Amelia, when I got pregnant, you know, we talked about the fact that, you know, I'm somebody stylist and I, you know, do a lot with television and Hollywood and all that. And so when I got pregnant, you know, I had just come off of being on a show on Bravo. So people nationally, you know, knew my pregnancy, a lot more eyeballs were watching my pregnancy than I expected to be and watching my journey, which was like really amazing and cool, but also like a lot of pressure at the same time. And I really didn't um, like, I guess, realize how much it played into my actual pregnancy and birth. And, you know, when I was in the midst of thinking about what I wanted to have for a birth plan, 
I was of course very much in like the mindset of like, I really want to have a natural birth and I want to have a tub birth and I want it to be beautiful and I want flowers and I want this and I want that. And, you know, I, I'm a more natural person in general and how I like to do things. I like to seek out natural options before I go with something else. And so for me, it felt like it really aligned and it's what I wanted to do. And then, you know, I honestly didn't really do my research or homework into like what that looked like I got a midwife I got a doula but like I didn't do research beyond that I didn't really like look into like what it potentially you know could be and it was more just like I made sure I had my team and I made sure I had you know a backup doctor with that team in case things didn't go the way just to make sure I was safe and that was it and I didn't really do much research as I guess I would say and so once you know, it came time for me, you know, when I went into labor, first off, um, I will share that I was getting really kind of fed up with everybody asking me when I was going to pop, when I was going to have the baby, you know, my parents were like sitting and looking at me like this, like, you know, with this balloon that was going to pop, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like, it's okay. I'm fine. They checked the baby's fine. I'm fine. But it was like every two seconds, like, why haven't you gone to labor? How come she hasn't come yet? And I was like, I don't know. It was like, you know, it was a lot of pressure, honestly. And I was just like, I got so fed up, but like around, I think it was like the end of 40 weeks. And I said to my husband, like, I, I can't deal anymore. One more person asked me, like, I'm going to lose it. So I took castor oil, which I don't advise. And <laughs> I did that with my first birth too. Did you? Okay. Yes. And so everyone, everyone was asking me the same questions. Like I had one coworker's like, do I need to get you a wheelbarrow to wheel you around the office? I'm like, shut up. Right. <laughs> it's like, nobody wants to hear that. It's like, it's funny for a minute. And then you're like, please just let me be. Cause clearly I'm uncomfortable and I'm trying to be at peace with this. And I'm trying to like allow my baby to come when they're supposed to come, which, you know, it's like easier said than done. And then you're sitting there and they're like, well, you've been popped yet. And my mom was like, you know, well, I had you, you know, and they had to induce me. And well, what if that's what you needed? What's going on? And I was like, oh my gosh, let's just like leave all the pressures off me, please. And like, let my body do its thing. And I couldn't deal. So I took castor oil and it did definitely jumpstart something because all of a sudden, like, you know, five hours later, or so my, you know, my water broke and I, you know, and I was, um, you know, going into like labor, but I went into like pre labor and like pre contractions because of the castor oil. And so we think that now, like obviously in hindsight, that like it probably pushed her too fast and she wasn't ready um, because it just, made, first off, it made me feel really uncomfortable. And I went into my birth center, you know, to my midwife and I wasn't really dilated past like even a three. And so she sent me home and was like, you know, go home and rest and go to sleep and try to do this and try to do that. And of course I couldn't do any of those things. And I was like, you know, losing it at home, trying to like stay calm and wait for her to come. And so then, you know, we went back to my birth center and then I was finally progressing a little bit more, but I still wasn't like active, but she took me because I think she felt bad that I was struggling. And so, you know, we go to the, you know, my midwife's birth center and we're there and, you know, hours of really hardcore manual, you know, like just full blown natural labor, just really doing the work, you know, squatting on the toilet, on the ball, in the shower, in the bed, on all fours, like just constant, constant. And it was like a good day of like full blown, you know, movement, trying to get my body to do what it needs to do and progress and make things happen. And then I finally started getting to active and she was like, all right, let's like transition you to the tub so that we can like get you ready and get you comfortable. So that's where you want to be. And I got in the tub and I immediately like felt super sick and like super overwhelmed and like dehydrated and also like nauseous. And I threw up 
And she was like, all right, get, you know, let's get you out. And like, so then I got back on the ball and got back on the toilet and I just like felt awful. And so then they like lowered the water in the tub and everything. And my doula was like putting washcloth on me and essential oils and trying to calm me. And I just like, you know, I could just feel like I just felt off. And so then we went back into the tub because I told her like I really wanted to give birth there. And so she was like, all right, let's just, let's breathe and take our time and see where we are. And at that point, I was in the tub and it was, I was almost at 30 hours um, of being in labor. And she was like, you know, you're only at active, like the beginning of like active labor. I think I was like technically like at six, six and a half, something like that. Um, and I wasn't fully progressing and she was getting concerned that things weren't really fully progressing. And I was really losing my stamina and losing like, you know, just my strength because I'd been pushing and moving for so long. And she was like, let's, you know, let's talk about interventions. And of course, you know, being someone who did want natural and had a quote unquote birth plan and all that, I wanted nothing to do with it. And I was like, no, 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 I wanted to stay here. Like, let me just progress, leave it alone. And, you know, she stepped out of the room, my midwife, and, you know, made a phone call to the backup doctor at the hospital to let him know like what she was thinking. And then I guess, of course, they, you know, advised each other that I should go in. And so they got me out of the tub. And that was a whole scene in itself. That could have been on a freaking reality show. It was like, you know, getting me out. You know, my parents are in the waiting room when we asked them not to be there. And they're pacing and they're flipping and everything's a mess. And everyone's flipping out. Am I okay? What's happening? And it was just like so much pressure. And, you know, I get into my husband's truck. I'm fine. You know, I'm in active labor, but I'm totally fine. And baby's safe and I'm fine. And we drive over to the hospital. You know, I get there and they check me in and I get to my room and, you know, they check me and they're like, all right, you know, you progress a little bit more, but like, she's still not like, she's kind of just stuck in the birth canal at this point. So we're going to give you um, some Pitocin to ramp things up and try to like move her. So they put me on, I think it was like 15, I think is the highest you can be. Like, I didn't go from like a small amount. It was like, literally they cranked me up and I went from like full-blown natural. It was awful. (laughs) I went from like full-blown natural, you know, at the bird center, you know, in the dark with my music, with my oils, all that to like bright lights, fluorescent, hospital, screaming, panic, you know, everybody, you know, in your shit, if you will. And just it, like, it was just crazy. And then it was like, oh, and then this Pitocin that was cranked to no end. And I couldn't handle it. Like, I immediately was like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. I feel uncomfortable. I'm like crying. I was really struggling. So then they were like, all right, well, let's give her an epidural. And then they cranked that all the way up. And I went from like feeling like I couldn't handle it to like, I couldn't feel anything. And then I felt super sick and I threw up again and I just felt awful. And I just remember in that moment, just feeling like so like down and like just feeling like I failed at like what I was trying to do. And I remember like even now, like that that heavy moment of like, what just happened? And like, why am I here? And like, what is all this? And this is nothing of what I wanted. And I was so overwhelmed. And so fast forward, you know, got to 40 hours. I was 10 more hours at the hospital, got to 40 hours. And my doctor came in and was like, all right, well, at least you progress now to basically complete we're going to give this a go and, you know, have you like really push and, you know, make this happen. So I'm like, okay. And so, you know, I'm pushing, but I really couldn't feel it to be honest. Like the epidural they said was supposed to, you know, wear off, but it was like, I really could not, like, I just could not feel it. And they're like, push, push, push. And I'm pushing and I'm pushing and I'm, you know, and they're like, push harder, you know, and I'm pushing as much as I could. And she comes down, I guess, like, I obviously really couldn't see her, but everybody else could. And they were like, but then she shot back up in the birth canal. 
which I honestly didn't even know was a thing. Um, and so she shot down and then she shot back up and then they were, they were like, all right, we're going to go again. And then she shot down again and he went to grab her and she shot back up. And I just remember like the, my doctor looking at me and being like, okay, we're going to take a break and I'll be back. And like, he, you know, like went and, uh, actually said to me, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get dinner and then come back. And at first I was like, oh, that's so rude. But my doula and midwife advised me because they were still there with me and, they advised me that the reason he did that was to buy me more time because if he wasn't present technically, he shouldn't have, you know, there shouldn't have had me going, you know, had a baby without him unless it was an emergency. So they were like, you know, he's buying you time. So I was like, oh, okay. And so I didn't realize at that time that there was a lot of decisions to be made of like, what, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to keep trying or, you know, we're going to do something else. And C-section hadn't even been in my mind because I hadn't even been talked about a C-section, prepped around a C-section, like nothing. So I was not thinking that at all. I was just thinking, we're just going to wait longer and I'm going to rest and we're going to go again. So, you know, my husband, everybody leaves the room. My husband sits with me and he turns to me and we were at almost 42 hours at this point. And he looks at me and he goes, you know, don't you want to meet her now? And I started bawling and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? Like, of course I want to meet her now, but like, I've done like so much work and like, I, I want things to go the way, you know, I want them to go. They weren't already going the way I wanted them to go when we were at the birth center. And he's like, I know, but like, you're so tired. You've been such a warrior. Like, don't you just want to meet her? Like, you know, and just like, just let yourself rest and just we'll have her. And of course I burst into tears and I was just like, fine. Like, you know, I, I guess. And I just kind of like let go, but I was so I just remember being so upset and feeling so defeated in that moment because I got to those 42 hours and I gotten to basically complete and so much, you know, had played out. And I was like convinced that like, okay, at least I was going to have her, you know, vaginally in the hospital. And then it was just like, nope, you know, and so I get, you know, rolled into the OR and have my C-section and, you know, thank God it was so fast. It was probably not even 10 minutes. Like they were really, really quick and she was right there. And, you know, I have to say that an amazing job and I was so grateful, but it was just so not obviously what I envisioned or imagined. And I just remember like after getting back in the room and the initial shock and then like putting, you know, like putting me with her and everything, like, I just remember like feeling like, Oh my God, I'm so happy to have her in my arms. But like, I just felt like I had failed and my body had failed and it was just such a debilitating feeling. And I just felt like so numb in me, even though I was so blissfully like happy about her. And it was like a wild, like roller coaster of emotions, you know, because I was so happy to have her and so excited to like finally hold my baby. But at the same time, I was so like, almost like dead inside. Like I was like, what happened? Like, what, why did things play out like that? Like, wait, wait, like, what is that? You know? And, um, and, you know, for, for those that have followed my story, you know, shortly after um, having my first daughter, you know, I had pretty heavy postpartum depression. And I do believe a lot of my birth played into that, you know. And so when I got pregnant again, you know, with Arlie, you know, I really made the intention of like, I really don't want to go through that again, if I don't have to. And like, I really want to be smart about doing my research this time around my birth and like, what can I do to prepare my body? How can I be more intentional actually internally and not like externally? Cause I felt like with Amelia, you know, I, again, I was a new mom. I had no idea what I was getting into. So to me it was like, Oh, you just give birth and like, no big deal. Everybody does it. And I didn't prep my body. I didn't do anything. The only thing I did was take maternity photo shoots that were glamorous and, 
you know, I just like did all the the checkbox, you know, of the things like in the external world and all the glam. And then with Arlie, I was like, no, I'm going to be so intentional about like what I'm going to do and what I need to do and do my research and, you know, talk to my birth communities around me now that I know them from sharing my experience and everything with Amelia. And so luckily I had so many incredible people around me that advised me to like get a chiropractor, you know, right when I got pregnant to like get my body aligned. So I've gotten a chiropractor specialized with B-backs and aligned with her like right at three weeks when I was pregnant and I stayed with her my entire pregnancy and, you know, found like people that could do like labor, labor stimulation massage for later in the game and a doula that had also been a part of V-backs and just all these different, you know, entities that I didn't realize were so important. And then most importantly, so when I got pregnant with Arlie, I went to like my regular prenatal doctor. And the first thing she says to me after congratulations is, okay, now let's schedule your C-section. And I looked at her and I said, whoa, first off, I just kind of like actually I'm swallowing the fact that I'm pregnant again. And secondly, like I don't want to do a C-section. And she was like, well, since you already had one, like I'm advising you to have one. And I was like, well, with all due respect, I know that like you can have a V-back. And she's like, well, I really don't advise it. I really think you should have a C-section. And I was like, isn't that wild? I, that was my reaction. I was, and thank God. I like had, right off the bat, even like not bat. even discussing anything. Nope. No discussion. It was like, I know better. Here's this information. Like gave me a folder, the whole nine yards of like my wrist, the whole thing, you know, the whole fear mongering. And thank God I had so many people around me, my birth community from Amelia, that they had all told me like that just wasn't true. And that the success rate was like way higher than, you know, people like that realize and discuss. And it was funny because I actually learned about VBACs when I was um, on um, uh, Berlin's uh, podcast. Um, I'm spacing on the name Dr. Uh, Berlin. Elliot, Elliot Berlin. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I was on his podcast and, you know, he, after he wanted me to share my birth story with Amelia and after I was on it, you know, he turned to me and he goes, you know, you could still have another baby vaginally. And I was like, no, I can't. He was like, yeah, you can. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, it's called a back. He's like, they happen all the time. He's like, and he's like, and it has nothing to do with like the weight and the this and that. And I was, what? and it was like this reality of what had been told to me and like preached to me, like all of a sudden just like burst in front of me. And it was like, wait unlearn everything you were just told and like pay attention and and like zoom in to like what you're being told now and like learn. And so I did. And so once I got to being pregnant with Arlie, I knew I wanted to at least attempt to be back and like get myself aligned body wise, intentionally, mind wise, soul, everything to do that. And so, you know, once that doctor said that to me, I was like, well, I'm sorry, but like, I'm not going to stay with you because you're not for me if you're not going to at least try to let me have a be back. And so I parted ways with her. I was so grateful. She showed me her true colors right from from the beginning. Because I know some doctors can bait and switch from what I've heard. And she let me know right from the beginning. And so then I started reaching out to different doulas and people to give me, you know, references. And I landed on Dr. Brock, who is in Los Angeles, who is literally known as the VBAC king. You guys will appreciate that. (laughs) And that's like literally what people call him, the VBAC king. Um, I want to know more about the VBAC king. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) It's all good. I know. And so, you know, he, um, so actually it's funny you guys bring up Elliot because Elliot and him have actually worked together in several births. And so, you know, because a lot of people in LA go to him, like if the baby's breech, they go to Dr. Brock. Cause he's like the only doctor known in Los Angeles to turn a breech baby. Like he's amazing. And so I went to him and I like asked for you know, a referral to go see him because he's really hard to get into. And I sit with him and I'm like twiddling my thumbs when he comes in and I'm pregnant 
And he's like, what's going on with you? Why are you so nervous? And I was like, I remember looking at him and I looked at him and I looked said quietly to him. And I was like, I, I want to discuss the VBAC. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I want to discuss having a VBAC. And he's like, what's there to discuss? He's like, I did three this morning. What's the problem? Oh and my I, gosh, yeah. <laughs> best feeling ever. It was the best feeling ever. I was like, I looked at him and I was like, oh my gosh, that's it? Because I felt so shamed and wronged with that other doctor. And so when when he was so open to me and he was just like, yeah. And then the nurse was so funny that was in there. She was like taking my stats and she's like, um, he does them literally like, every day and sometimes like three times like it's not a big deal and i was like oh my gosh and he's like yeah he's like we'll just monitor you we're going to check your scar make sure everything's together as long as everything looks good like we will plan to do it and if things down the road change we'll have a conversation he's like but i don't see why you look like a great feedback candidate and he was all for it like day one and i was so grateful that he was so supportive and his team and everything and so you know fast forward you know he checks my scar several times and everything looks good thank god and you know baby's growing great and everything's happening and so we get to you know <laughs> pandemic hits and you know the world changes and you know it went from okay you can't have your doula to now you can't have your husband um at the hospital and so it was becoming like really intense for me because here i am like I really want to go for my VBAC and I want to have my support systems and now I'm not even going to have anybody and how is this going to work and am I going to be able to have my VBAC and you know I'm not going to lie I was in a lot of fight or flight mode I started researching home births and HVACs at home and you know I started really kind of like doing research and talking to midwives and other people that were home doctors in case like my husband couldn't be with me because to me it was like it was one thing not to have Stacy my doula but it was another not to have my husband. I just felt like, you know, he had been through so much with me through Amelia that I couldn't imagine not having him with Arlie. And so thank God, I think Arlie knew and she held on because she literally came right at 42 weeks and they had just opened the hospitals back up like a week before. And so my husband was allowed to come and be with me. And so I really felt like she held out for him. But it was funny the week before um, and actually like a week and a half probably before my Dr. Brock, you know, as great as he was, you know, he's still a doctor. And so near the end, especially because of the pandemic and everything, he was just like, well, you know, you're getting close and you still haven't, you know, gone into labor. Maybe we should just induce. And I was like, no, I don't want to. I really want to give my body a shot. And he kept kind of pushing me, you know, he's like, well, let's do a sweep. Let's do this. Let's do that. And so I finally did a sweep like a week before nothing happened. It was just painful for me. And he's like, all right. And then we did another sweep a few days later and nothing was happening. And he's like, let me just induce you. Let me just, and I was like, Dr. Brock, with all due respect, like you've been so supportive of me through this whole experience. Please just let me get to like the final mark. And if things don't happen then, then fine. Like we will do it. And then I think it was like maybe like four or five days before. And he kind of not went back on his word, but I think he like had moments because also going on with the pandemic. And he was just like, look, he's like, I'm going to schedule the you know the um induction and it's gonna be tomorrow and this and that and i remember like leaving there and i felt really powerless and i was really upset and i came home and it was my eight-year anniversary with my husband and i turned to him and i was like i don't want to do it i don't want to go in tomorrow and he was like all right let's talk through it he's very logical and he was like let's talk through it what's going on like you know why don't you want to and and i just told him i was like i just it just doesn't feel right i've worked so hard to be so intentional around this birth from 
my chiropractor to finding the supportive doctor to the right doula to, you know, even different workouts and, you know, meditation and just all kinds, you know, the VBAC League podcast, like just all kinds of things that I really surrounded myself with material wise and tools. And so I was like, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't align. And he was like, all right, we'll feel that way and then don't go. So I called my doula and she's like, look, at the end of the day, you be your own advocate and everything's good with you and the baby. They run tests. Everything's cool. So like at this point, it's really just a waiting game. So if you really don't want to, then you voice that and you call and you cancel, you know, the induction. So I remember, I remember calling Cedar sinai and canceling and I called and they were like, oh, we don't even have your name on the list. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and they were like, they were like, but we'll let Dr. Buck know. And I, and it was funny because it was such a buildup to like call. Like I felt like I was like being like a bad kid in school. And so I was like so nervous to call and cancel. And I was like dancing around my room for hours like to call. And I finally call and they're like, oh, you're not even on the schedule. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, just let them know I'm not coming. And so um, the next day I get a call from my doctor. Dr. Rock's like, come in. I want to do a non-stress test on you. So I go in, everything's cool. And he's like, all right, so you pushed against me. You know, he's like, message received, you're not doing it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and he's like, all right. He's like, it's fine. He's like, everything's good. Tests are good. He's like, I just thought, you know, you'd want to have a birthday. You'd want to have her ready. And I'm like, I do want her here, but like, I want her here on her terms. There's anything I learned from my first birth. It's not about me. I don't want to do it on my terms. And he was like, okay, fine. It's fair. So then he was like, if you don't go, because now I was at the end of like, you know, whatever, 41 weeks and eight days or whatever, you know, when you get close to 42 and he's like this weekend, if you don't go on Monday, we're going to schedule the induction. I was like, fine, that's fair. So that weekend came and it was Friday and I wasn't getting like any kinds of signs of going to labor. I was getting a lot of that prodrama labor that you guys always talk about, which is like, you know, the go, start and go and you actually contract and you think you're in labor, but then it stalls out. That was happening for weeks to me. And I was like, what is this? And it kept happening and happening. Um, and so that happened again on Friday and it just like nothing. And so my doula sent me to get acupuncture and I did that to like stimulate things that actually, I think really helped. I did that Friday and I did that on Saturday and I went back to back and it really like stimulated things and like moved things around. I think from what I could feel, my husband was also doing acupressure with like my points at home that she had shown me. And at this point, my doula had said to me, okay, in my opinion, I feel like there's something more to this than like your body. And it reminded me of one of the episodes, well, many episodes I listened in with you guys, but there was one specifically where you guys really hone in on fear releasing. And she was like, I really feel like there's something going on with you and we need to like work through it. So we did like a recording of my birth story for um, of Amelia's birth with her, just like her and I just recording everything, getting it out. And she was like, okay, now it's out. Let's process it. Let's release it, wrap it up in a pretty bow. And then like, that's it. And we're going to move past it. And I was like, okay. And so we did that on Friday. And then we did some like more like rebozo and this and that. And, you know, met up outside the park and everything and, and talked things through. And then um, Saturday came and she was like, all right, you know, I know you're getting close and you're getting concerned. She's like, what else can we do to help you like release this? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just so afraid of a C-section and I'm so afraid of this. and I'm so afraid of that. And she was like, all right, she goes, when you get home, you're going to write down. And I remember learning this from you guys. She was like, you're going to write down what you told me you listened to on the VBAC link, which was to write down your fears and like release them. And she's like, I want you to do that because I feel like there's more to this. And so 
I went back and listened to a bunch of your guys' episodes and I wrote down like on pieces of paper all the different things I was afraid of, like getting an induction, stalling out, getting a C-section, getting stuck in the birth canal, like all the things that I was being on Pitocin, getting epidural, like all the things I was truly afraid of. And I burned each and every one of them. And there was such a release when I burned them and I like felt it in my energy and in my body and I started crying and I just felt like so good. And so then my husband and I took a walk with our toddler and Amelia and we went around the block and we were just like talking and he started talking me through stuff. And he was like, you know, what do you think it is? And I was like, I don't know. I think I'm just afraid to like wind up in another crazy traumatic birth. And he was like, okay. And if God forbid that happens, like, what's the worst thing? Like we come home, you heal. We have our second daughter. Like it's the four of us as a family, like the overall things are, you know, fine. And we have our girl and this and that, and, you know, putting things into perspective for me. And I was like, yeah, no, you're right. And he's like, he's a golfer and a really good golfer. And so he was like walking me through how he strategizes for like a big tournament and like comparing it to like getting ready for a birth of like the mentality and this and that. And, but actually it was really helpful for me. And so we come home, we have dinner and he's like, let's like hang out and just like stay up late and have a good time. And so we have like a little dance party with Amelia. We're playing music videos and just like having a good time and dancing and laughing. And then um, I go and lay down in bed and I turn on my essential oils and I do a little more acupressure and I say a little prayer and I get in bed and I put meditation in my ears and get the room really dark. And I'm meditating. I'm like, I'm going to go into labor. Things are going to happen. Things are going to happen. And I wake up a couple of times in the middle of the night and nothing's happening and I'm getting a little crushed, but I'm like, no, I'm going to let it go, let it go. And I started getting hungry and I was like, I'm going to go downstairs for a snack. It's probably around like 1.30, maybe two. And I start walking down my stairs and I feel like this cramp and I'm like, ooh. And then I feel it again. And I'm like, ooh. And then I get down. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And I can't, and I get down on my knees and I like can't get up. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh maybe I'm not going to have a snack. And so I crawl up my stairs and I'm like, oh, okay, could this be like, and and I honestly didn't believe it because I had had so much prodromal labor. I'd had so much start and go that I was like, oh, here we go again. And so I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to go lay back down. I'm crawling, but as I'm crawling, it's getting more and more intense, more tightening. And I'm like barely able to crawl. And so I get up my stairs and I get in my room and my husband's sleeping and snoring and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to wake him because I told him so many times that this could be it and nothing's happening. So I'm like, I'm just going to like chill. So I call my doula and I can like barely like talk, get the words out because I'm in like quite a bit of, you know, squeezing pain and feeling the surges. And she's like, all right, do me a favor, draw your bathtub, get in the tub, like put a little bit of your oils and like call me back and like, let me just hear you breathing. So I turned the tub on and I had this feeling like overwhelming feeling when I was sitting there in my room, like just like talking to myself of like going to Amelia's room. And I didn't know why. So I crawled <laughs> her room and I opened the door and crawl in and she's asleep. And I crawl into her chair and I'm sitting there and I start bursting into tears and I'm hysterical out of nowhere. And I just start like babbling and I'm like, I love you. And I, I, I hope I can be a good mom when I'm a mom of two. And like, I've made like such a, you know, amazing relationship between the two of us so far. And like, I don't want to fail you. And I'm just like pouring my heart out. She's passed out. <laughs> and I'm just like crying and crying. And I'm, you know, just sharing my heart with her and my fear. I'm being a mom of two. And like, I don't want to let her down. And then I remember I said to her like, okay, I think your baby sister's coming. So like the next time I see you, like, she's going to be here. And I, I was like hysterical. And then I crawl back out 
crawl to my tub. Um, I think this is like maybe 2.30 or 3 at this point. And I get in my tub and I call my doula and I start breathing. And she's like, all right, let's do some meditation. I had also done some hypnobirthing between learning for Amelia's birth and then for Arlie's birth. So I'm doing hypnobirthing in the tub. And she's guiding me. And my contractions were like 11 minutes apart. So they weren't that close. And so she was like, okay, we're just going to let you stay in the tub, meditate, stay in your zone. Like, let's see what happens. And shortly after, like not even an hour, she's like, okay, you're eight minutes. You know, you said, oh, okay. And she's like, okay, Allie, you need to wake Justin up. Like you're getting to be close to six months apart. Like you got to get ready to go. And I was like, wait, what? You know, because I was so in the zone at that point. I wasn't even like listening to her count. I was so just in my zone, in the tub, you know, in the darkness, meditating, really bringing the affirmations of like having my V back and talking to Arlie. And I was just so in it more so than I think I even realized I was. And so, you know, she's like, you need to get out. You need to get up. You got to get to the hospital. And so Justin, of course, doesn't, my husband doesn't hear me. He's sleeping and snoring and I'm screaming from the bathtub. He doesn't hear me. And I'm like, babe, babe, I'm in, I'm in labor. I'm going to go to the hospital and he doesn't hear me. So my doula calls him and wakes him up and he's like, what's going on? And she's like, Allie's in labor. You got to get ready to go. He goes into the bathroom. And of course he's, you know, making fun of me as he usually does. And his sarcasm, he's like, Whoa, I hear a ghost or something. And I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> he literally, he's like, Oh, it's a noise. Oh. And I'm like, oh, I'm tell you I'm like come over here and squeeze my hips like I'm losing my shit (laughs) and so that's his personality by the way and so you know so then you know he gets me out and you know we're you know getting everything ready to go and get everything in the truck to leave and my doula ended up coming not only to make sure I was okay but also because my friend that was supposed to be here for Amelia had I gone into labor in the middle of the night wasn't picking up their phone because like they probably just thought you know okay my phone off and so my doula came rushing out so that we could leave so that somebody could watch her since we couldn't bring her, especially with COVID and everything. And so, you know, she comes and she sees me off and I get in the truck and I'm in full blown active. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm transitioning, I'm shaking, I'm like convulsing, I'm like screaming, I'm trying to stay Zen and I'm like screaming while I'm meditating, you know, a whole scene in his truck. And then we arrive there and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm screaming when we get out of his truck and they, you know, they pull up, they bring the wheelchair and I'll never forget, they put me in the wheelchair and they're like shoving this mask on my face and I'm screaming through the mask and I'm trying to rip the mask off because I'm screaming and it was a whole thing. And so um, I get into the room and, you know, they, you know, get me in and my doula was immediately on my FaceTime and she's like, Stacey's like, okay, you know, thank God for her. She's like, turn the lights down. You know, let's get it to be Zen for her again. Get her out of the bright lights. Like, let's calm things down. Justin put out, you know, her crystals. Let's get her car or little intention cards up, get the little lights up. And Stacy's like orchestrating everything from FaceTime. And so Justin's getting everything together. And I'm like, you know, sitting there and, you know, just kind of like breathing through. And I'm still natural at this point. And I'm just like breathing through my contractions as much as I can. I'm screaming and all that. And they check me and I'm like six and a half and they're like, all right, well, you're definitely like active and ready to go and you're progressing. So we're going to let you, you know, progress. And I think I got to like almost a seven or at seven and I really was ha- having a hard time and I was really having a hard time breathing and it was getting really intense. And Stacy was like, look, if you want to get an epidural, like just get the epidural. But I had so much fear around getting epidural because of Amelia's birth. And I was like, I don't want to, I'm too afraid. I don't want to get stuck. Let me just keep going. But I wasn't like, I wasn't fully progressing because I was struggling. 
And I was like, okay, I'm going to get an epidural. And luckily at Cedars, I know some hospitals don't have this, but Cedars does. I had been advised by a couple other doulas to get a walking epidural if I could, even though I wouldn't be walking anywhere, obviously, um, because of you know the world, but I could walk in my room. And so I got a walking epidural. And for me, that was like just enough to take the edge off, but not enough to numb me where I could like walk around and I could be on the ball and I could, you know, do like hip exercises on the side of the bed and I could get on all fours and I could kept switching positions. And even when I was in the bed, you know, I had the peanut ball being switched underneath my legs and I was moving constantly and I was never still. And I think that was like a really big game changer and help for me when it came to progressing because shortly after I was at complete, like we arrived at the hospital around like 6am. And by noon, I was complete. So it was pretty fast for me compared to (laughs) Amelia. And so it was like, Oh, wow, okay, this is happening. And I've got to complete. And so you know, the doctor comes in. And, um, you know, Dr. Brock's like, all right, you know, you're at complete, but you're not, I I forget the stations when you're like, at the last station, but you're not like fully, fully there where the baby can come out. What what is that called? Yeah, like plus two or plus three station. Or even plus four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Whatever was like the lowest one, like I was almost there, but I wasn't there yet. And he had said that. And so I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, but don't worry. Like, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna like figure out, you know, getting her down. Let's get you to move more. Let's do some more pushing. Let's do this. And, you know, I didn't realize that because of Amelia's birth, I, even though the labor was so um, intense with her, my body remembered it, like, which is wild, the muscle memory of it, I hadn't really fully pushed with Amelia. So with Arlie, it was like kind of pushing like a new mom, which I didn't expect to go through. And so I pushed for like, two and a half hours after we had been told like I was, you know, ready to go and it was complete. And I was really like working, working, I had the squat bar, and I was pushing and I was on the ground, I was on all fours, I was doing everything possible to like move her and and keep going and move her down and everything. And, you know, and it was just like, she was just right there, but just like wasn't happening. And then I spiked a fever. And Mm -hmm. Dr. Brock came in and he's like, okay, look, he's like, I was all for everything you were doing. But now you spiked a fever, like I'm concerned for you and the baby, like, uh, you know, I'm sure everything's fine. But like, I don't want to take any chances. So like, these are the last pushes. And then we're going to have to like figure something out because I'm not going to like let you go longer because of the fever. And of course, they've given me, you know, medication at this point to bring the fever down. And so he's turned to me and he's like, all right, we're going to do a vacuum to try to help you get her out. And once I get the vacuum, like you are going to have to push with all your might. It's going to just be to assist. And then you're going to push her out. And he was like, when I tell you to push, I mean, you better push with like every single thing in you and like push till you can't breathe. And I was like, okay. And you know, I remember like being in the bed and looking at Justin and like even reflecting on myself and being like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I got this far and like, here we are again, I'm going to freaking have to get a C-section. I was really starting to go into fight or flight and I was getting really, really upset. And my doula is trying to calm me over, you know, FaceTime. She's like, it's okay. We're still in control. It's okay. Like breathe, just allow things to play. And I'm like in total panic at this point. And I looked at Justin and I said, can I have my earbuds, please? You know, my, and I put them in my ear. I turned on one of my fear releasing meditations. I shut my eyes. I remember praying like really, really hard. And just being really intentional, like I can make this happen. This is gonna happen. I can do this. Come on, Al, you can do this. And before I knew it, it was like push, and I pushed so hard. And next thing I knew, they're showing my chest, screaming. I was hysterical, crying. I didn't even couldn't even believe that she was there. I honestly didn't even like feel her fully. Like 
like come out because everything was so much happening. Wow. Just it was so wild. And I remember them putting her on my chest and I was just bawling because I was like, oh my God, I did it. Oh my God. Oh my God. She's here. Like, oh my God. It was the most surreal experience and just so healing in that moment for me of just being like, holy crap. Like I, I think I did it. And like my, my body did it. And like, it was just, even now I get choked up because it's like, I still can't believe it happened. Mm -hmm. I'm sure in that whole moment, there's just such that rush. Like, yeah. Wild. Yeah. Like, okay, I have to do this right now. And then boom, you did it. Yeah. It sounds like she came so fast when it was ready, when it was time. Yeah, well, once he like put the, you know, like once he put the um vacuum and was like, okay, like you know, push, and he gave me the the bar, yeah, yeah, distance, and gave me the bar and was like, push down, right? And I just remember, I mean, I pushed everything in me and pushed, and holy crap, she's here, and she, you know, and she was nine pounds three ounces, by the way, (laughs) so it was like. Amelia was eight pounds, seven ounces, you know, and they thought that was big. And, and, you know, Arlie was, you know, 23 and a half inches long, you know, so it was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe, you know, that, you know, I got her out. It was truly like amazing to me, but it was so empowering. It was like, holy crap, my body did it. And it was so just amazing. And like, after like, you know, having her in my chest and holding her, like, I was just bawling. Like, I just couldn't even believe it happened. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it was just such an amazing moment. And it sounds like she just needed to kind of come into that pubic bone. And then she was there. And oh, well, yeah. congratulations. Thank you. It was so, was awesome. it, was so magical. it really was. It was like, and, you know, I just felt like so much support around me through my whole pregnancy. And it's funny you say the pelvic bone too, because, you know, my chiropractor, like she kept adjusting me, like even the day before I went into labor, she had adjusted me, like we kept adjusting me, adjusting my hips and doing this and my sciatica and everything to make sure I was aligned as possible. But, you know, I think in a way it was kind of like me being tested, like, you know, how bad do you want this kind of thing? Because I feel like when you guys were saying the rush, I felt like I could have either have gotten into fight or flight and I could have been like, oh my gosh, and panic and, and, you know, like allowed myself to not have that release that you guys talk about all the time. But I think because I did release and I did allow her to come and I got really intentional and, you know, listened to the fear releasing of my ears, I, I think it was like all divine. And, you know, there she was. Yeah. It's incredible what can happen when you have that release of emotions. And the, I mean, like, Fear in the birth phase is real and it can really hold you up if you let it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. So awesome. Now she's just crawling around and being such a big girl. Just <laughs> oh, a fun age. Oh. Oh. Uh, wild how fast. Like, I feel like I just had her. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's already crawling everywhere. Like, I literally turn around and she's like down the hallway. I'm like, oh, hey, girlfriend. <laughs> it's like crazy. But it's, wow. you know, it's been like, you know, in a wild way, this whole thing with the pandemic in 2020, for me, I feel like it's such a blessing because it's been such a healing time for me between my VBAC and having the family time, having my husband home to be there with me, with my girls and like, you know, truly not experience postpartum depression. I'm just so grateful for it. That's awesome. That is really cool. I, it's just, we are living in a really crazy world right now. And whenever we hear incredible birth stories coming out of this, pandemic it is 
it just kind of warms my heart. I don't know. I'm, I could go off on five or six different tangents right now, but Megan, what should we talk about? Like what, what should we talk about for educational piece? Well, I love that she talked on um, fear releasing and self-advocacy. So one of the things I love that your doula did, so birth workers, listen up if you're listening, um, you know, they sat and they recorded. And like, I love when she's like, we're going to wrap it up and seal it with a bow and send it off. Like, <laughs> like that is so cool. It's such a powerful way. It's just talking about it and getting it out there and hearing yourself say it. And then maybe mm-hmm. even watching it and then saying, okay, like that is how I felt. And this is how I feel. And this is why I'm moving on from this fear because of this. And then of course, moving on and like, and doing the other activities. Like it's so powerful. I know I probably have talked about this, like tell I'm blue in the face, but like (laughs) it really came down for me. Like I had worked through so much and there was still stuff that I found in the very moment of labor that I didn't realize that I had worked through. And it's just, it's just so I don't know. It's just so crazy how you think you've worked through it and then it comes up and you're like, oh, wait, that didn't come up during my pregnancy and you have to work through it again. But if you have practiced and worked really, really hard processing during your pregnancy, then it won't be so foreign. And that's the word that's coming to my mind. And maybe that's the right word. Unfamiliar, maybe. Yeah. It just won't be so unfamiliar. Yeah. Foreign. Like in the moment, to process and it'll make processing during that time easier. Yeah. I agree 100%. Um, gosh, I mean, Megan and I have both seen the same thing with our individual dual clients and working with parents through our VBAC preparation course. And I actually just had a, a one-on-one consult with somebody preparing for VBAC a couple weeks ago. And Most of the time when we get hung up and when there's things holding us back and we feel like something is not quite right, it's stemming from fear. And when you can dig out that fear and and write it out and tear it up and break it apart and figure out where it's stemming from, that's when you can really move past it in order to create a really, really clear birth space that is conducive to a nice, peaceful birth that's just happy and that you can look back on with really fond memories. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that's, that's so well, beautifully said and so true. And, you know, it's so crazy because again, when we were talking about the beginning of this podcast, like, you know, with Amelia, it was obviously a normal world and I was out at events and I was doing all this glamorous stuff and I was doing my attorney photo shoots and all these things. And then, you know, fast forward to Arlie and it was like, you know, stuck at home and, you know, especially in California, like very much locked down and, you know, everything. And it was so wild how different the, in that sense, the world was, but yet mm-hmm. even in such a chaotic world, Arlie was such a peaceful birth. And then in such a normal world, Amelia was such a chaotic birth. So I just find that, like you were just saying, that's so telling when it comes to that, you know, fear and that processing and all that and the actual like intention around it, it really does, you know, in my opinion, make such a difference. And I've seen it in my own birth. Yeah, it absolutely does. Well, Allie, not Avril. (laughs) It was so great to talk to you. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could just sit here and chat about everything for hours. I feel like we're friends. I just, I love at the end of the episode, all these podcast episodes that we do where it's like, sometimes it's really hard to say goodbye. It's like, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. (laughs) 
It's so true. It's so true. We're like, wait, can we hang out like tomorrow? (laughs) Where where do you live again? California. Please, when we're when we're open and normal, please do. I mean, I'm so honored to be here. I truly love everything you guys are doing and with your show and every the feedback link. I truly like. Like I said, still listen. I tell everyone to listen, and I just think you know it's such an amazing space, you know, for women that need that kind of support, especially women that really do want to have a VBAC and you know don't have those kinds of resources. You know, I think that too many times we're told so much in birth, but especially with VBACs, you know, no, and you know, put the fear around it from the beginning. And you know, I was so grateful that when that woman really tried to instill the fear in me that I knew better and that I was able to work past it because I feel for so many that just don't have that. And so that's why I was so grateful when I landed on the VBAC link podcast, because I was like, Oh my gosh, look at all these amazing stories. Like I can be one of them too. And like, Holy crap, here I am, you know? So would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Head over to the vbacklink.com slash share and submit your story. For more information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to the vbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.